everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of Making Sense of Sense. Currently, there are various headwinds in the market still lingering today, as I'm sure many of you are keeping up with on the consumer-facing front and, of course, through your portfolio as well, um, especially due to the higher interest rate hike causing havoc on, on risk assets and bond prices since last week. And although fixed income and specifically bonds are having a horrible year, um, since investors are tapping into safe haven assets as inflation really eats into profits for companies and, and a strong dollar weighs on prices, this is the best time to hold on to cash and most evidently make more of it, as, as well as tapping into treasury yields um, since they're at their highest point um, in a few decades. As we head into the last trading week in September, markets are continuing to be shaky and volatile. However, that's pretty expected. September traditionally is a more volatile month, while October till January, February, with the Santa Claus rally during Christmas time and renewed positivity from a fresh start in January historically tends to be better for the market overall. September's current levels and momentum swings and trading activity overall aren't unusual. However, given the amount of volatility and concerns mainly that have arisen from a looming recession into 2023 and those types of fears alongside just rampant inflation, this is all something that investors and analysts are keeping a big eye on and, and noting of. And since last week, the, the Dow is the only major U.S. stock index not in a bear market. And however, the Dow Jones is really close to it. Um, especially on Friday, it fell to its lowest close since November 2020. Plus, in addition to that, the tech-heavy NASDAQ is coming off of its worst two-week stretch since March 2020. Over the past few weeks stemming from the Fed's latest hike of, of 75 basis points, there are more unprecedented efforts made by the world central banks as well to just lift those interest rates and, and stamp out soaring inflation, especially in England where their budget, including rate hikes, uh, was announced uh, the past few days, um, and that would have a larger uh, damper on the economy. And these historical rate hikes across the globe are really at a grand scale over um, across the world, where investors are really feeling the effects from leading to uh, declining prices for bonds and, and equities alike. Luckily, as, as I mentioned earlier, with the short-term treasury yield inversion now, investors can not only get roughly around a 4% yield on, on their cash for T-bonds especially, but short-term as well. Um, this is a really nice advantage during high inflationary times, able to disintegrate debt as well, um, inflation's powers. A rule of thumb, I would say, though, is whenever interest rates are rising, sticking to short-term treasury bills that um, mature in under a year, so T-bills, is most advantageous, I would say, and optimal, since although it, they don't offer the highest yield, you're getting your cash back immediately at a risk-free rate um, issued by the U.S. government directly through Treasury Direct, or you can buy them through your online brokerage and there's no liquidity risk anyways. And in a declining interest rate environment, the opposite would be true of tapping into treasury bonds, T-bonds for short, to take advantage of higher rates for a one-year bond 
uh, that matures or above. Uh, let's say that's currently um, yielding roughly around 4% and above if you're lucky. On the international front, in terms of currencies and commodities, the British pound is falling to its lowest levels against the dollar on Monday, September 26th, and England's stock market is resembling a kind of emerging market environment, with the pound reaching peril, as, as many are describing it as. The UK announced it will be buying back government bonds. This is very similar to the monetary policy type intervention at the start of the pandemic that the Fed had engaged in in the US. Um, and, and on this front, there are, there are many notable international events that are also happening on the backbone of the economy, which, which really starts with the central banks. Basically, we've never seen central banks all at the same time raise interest rates by this amount in really recorded history. And the Fed was one of the 10 banks that hiked rates by a combined total of roughly six percentage points last week. And a more than dozen more rate hikes um, are scheduled and planned through October till the end of this year. And it, in addition to this, the economic outlook is uh, pretty dire right now and, it, and is deteriorating, especially in the US as the S&P is down roughly 23% for the year, having its fifth, fifth worst start to a year in history. And it's on pace for its biggest annual drop since 2008. Luckily, whatever goes down must come up, right? So we have to wait out the storm. And many notable banks, including Goldman, recently also cut its year-end target for the S&P by 16% to 3,600. If the S&P goes below, I'll say 3,700, I'll be buying the dips and deploying my cash there um, a, a little bit more as well um, on, on my personal front. And alongside the public markets, uh, bonds whose prices move inversely to their yields are rising tremendously now and, and really have, but the prices have endured a, a historic route, as some say. And, and bonds are also having their worst year since 1949, and yet spiking yields um, could have a major effect across markets, but helpful with paying down debt for sure um, for um, extra liquidity during these times. And not to mention just alongside that with yields, currency are, currencies are also extremely volatile as Japan's yen is falling alongside the pound while the dollar here is really soaring. Um, although it, it does weigh on prices um, for businesses, um, all despite a rampant inflation um, while commodity prices are also falling in, in the last week of September. Now, that's a lot of negative news and bearish sentiment to take into consideration. And as investors, the best thing we can really do is just sit and wait. Don't make any abrupt moves. And especially with selling your investments, since you want to sell at the peak, not after, not in the trough. Ironically, the income class that I found and uh, researched about that benefits the most from a falling stock market are hardworking middle-class Americans, which majority of them are immigrants, um, since they've seen the highest wage, wage gains and, and wages keeping up with inflation for the most part. They definitely could do a better job, but they don't have a majority of their net worth tied to their business ventures or the stock market, middle-class Americans, compared to the top 10% and above, including billionaires such as the likes of Zuckerberg or Mark, uh, Musk, 
who've lost a collective 50 billion in counting this year, but I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> There's always a bull market, thankfully, somewhere, as they say, and just waiting out the storm is usually the most optimal and, and beneficial move, um, especially on, on a tax efficient front as well. Speaking of bull markets, one asset class or investment, or maybe I should just even call it anything at this point, since many would, would just simply call it a coin, is crypto. The cryptocurrency markets are experiencing really the heavy dark days of winter. They're really enduring a, a blizzard at the moment. Although the se seasons haven't changed here in, in New York, um, they're definitely, the crypto markets are dealing with massive sell-offs um, for a, a, a couple months now and almost a year and a half. Um, of, of sell-offs. And although index funds may not make one wealthy right away, being financially sound and afloat during periods of, of volatility across markets means not spreading yourself so thin and, and not having all your eggs in one basket through really the idea of diversification. And my rule of thumb in the markets is not to have more than 30% of my net worth invested into one investment or asset class. That should be a universal rule that would definitely help individuals, especially Gen Zers and avid investors um, be able to better spread and, and allocate their investments more appropriately um, to help diversify their net worth asset allocation. Although to go against the crowd and, and find the lucky winners, one must go usually against conventional wisdom as a decentralized, more so correlated type of investment at this point that what we're seeing here, um, that doesn't seem so scarce or valuable after all, um, young or, or even sophisticated investors have to brace themselves for the worst since who knows how how low crypto will go at this point. And, and we're seeing that it's it's not really a non-correlated currency after all, it's falling in, in tandem with the stock market. Um, and it's definitely going in, in the opposite direction as, as the strong dollar these days. If you check out my latest article linked below on what crypto entails, you'll actually be able to discover that being a, a relatively nascent type of investment, crypto is actually bound to experience more turmoil as I found in the future, especially as Q4 rolls around in the next coming weeks and heightened volatility just continues to loom over the markets into 2023 as, as job cuts and spending um, is reduced. If you have any other thoughts on how crypto and even the NFT space as an investor yourself, uh, let us know your thoughts. Um, we always wanna pay attention to future uh, leading indicators as investors and uh, as financially literate uh, consumers and individuals. NFTs, a traditionally non-traditional asset class, is known to be scarce, valuable, and offer utility as a non-fungible token, something that cannot be replaced in itself, and has also kind of lost its fame and glory over the last year at least, um, coming off of just a banner, speculative, frothy, you name it, year last year. And one thing I noted while researching this space was that no asset class besides really in the private markets is non-correlated to public equities. If you find one, let me know in the comments, even private equity, private capital, venture capital with SPAC unicorn back deals are falling through investment banking sales are are down tremendously for the year, uh, which just leads me to believe once again that real estate, as, as an avid fan of it, an owner and an investor, 
Real estate is really one of the main inflationary proof, if not the most defensible investments that truly holds value during highly volatile times, since it's not only a source of utility and, and generates two sources of returns and income through rising rents as a source of passive income and, and price appreciation by simply living and, and enjoying your real estate property. It's also more stable, predictable, easier uh, to time in terms of a market cycle since it tends to lag the stock market by a bit. And it's physical and tangible, unlike an NFT or um, it's it's compared to artwork or farmland. Um, a great way to weather your weatherproof your portfolio, no pun intended with the crypto winter analogy, um, dealing with the winter that we're about to head into um, seasonally as well. If you have any thoughts uh, to share, we would love to hear it. Uh, finding the silver linings as an investor when everyone is fearful can be tough, of course. However, as the greatest investors of all time, most notably Buffett, would say, be greedy when others are fearful. So let's follow through with that mantra um, and that promise. And I hope to see you all next week. Bye. Bye.